Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are Pastor Deborah and Philip Banda. Be blessed. Um, I want to start this with a prayer point. Uh, I hope this helps us. Um, each and every individual has uh, gates, um, meaning that you find that you each city has got gates and entry points. We all know that. That means this great city has got uh, entrance and exit points. Mm -hmm. they, they are points by which you enter into the city. Uh, there might be two, there might be three. Um, meaning that gates or doors are places that filter what comes in and what goes out. And whatever goes in uh, has potential to affect, influence, and impact the environment of that city. Um, in the same way, what you, an individual that exits a city going outside, he has got uh, equal ability to go into different environments where they will be able to affect and influence. And kingdom is all about influence. Kingdom is all about uh, the effectiveness of whatever nation or whatever kingdom it is. It has to impact its surroundings. And we have to understand that church is uh, predominantly an apostolic body. Apostolic means that we, we are the sent ones. We have been sent uh, by the grace and the virtue of God to go into environments and be able to influence them and to affect them. So if we are part of the body, part of this apostolic uh, people, and we have been sent into this city, we have been mandated to influence this city at every level of, uh, of system. We have been sent in there to be able to, in our small way, affect and influence that city. Amen. Amen. Do we all agree? Yeah. Do we all understand this is our mandate? Yeah. Now, having said that, uh, that is the level of church. And the smallest uh, denomination of that is that church is made up of individuals. Church is made up of people. Church is the people. So if we are talking church, we are not talking building. Because after we are done with this meeting, dust up the place, we are out of this, this building. That means that the church has moved away from the building. Building is what contains us. Building is what uh, accommodates us. But church does not stay here. Church goes. So church has got a goal mandate. We all understand that. Amen. So church is made up of individuals within that body, within that structure, within that system. And uh, individuals or people also have gates in the similar way that a nation and a city has got gates. Do we understand? And the levels of gates, gates and doors, uh, we, 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 we talk of within the composition of a human being. Uh, the things that Jesus administered to predominantly in his ministry. First and foremost, he talks about uh, uh, the tongue, it's a gate, yeah, 
He speaks of sight. It's a gate. And he ministers to people that were deaf, people that could not hear. So that means ears are a gateway. Do you see what I mean? So once the gates are not in place, what we find is that um, anybody can go into the city and do whatever they want. No wonder why you find people like uh, Nehemiah, they were sent to go and restructure, reconstruct the, the walls of Jerusalem. Because once you have got walls, then you can put gates so that you can monitor who goes in and who goes out. You see what I mean? Yeah. So walls are significant for that. And then there are people that were predominantly put in places so that they can actually monitor the building of the gates. Do you see that? Why? Because whatever goes in matters. Whatever goes out matters. Actually, a, a siege is a system whereby you just monitor the gates so that you make sure that nothing goes into the city. It's a military strategy. You monitor what goes into the city with the main reason that if you monitor what's going into the city, no one will benefit. Why? Because by virtue of you monitoring what's going in, you are monitoring the, their levels of sustainability. In other words, once you monitor a gate and there is no more food going into the city, people are going now to start starving. Why? Because what we do is we live within the city, but once we consume everything that is within our resources, we now go to borrow from our neighbors through trade and bring in into our cities. So um, a siege is basically sitting on your gates to make sure that whatever could have benefited you will no longer benefit you. You see that? So whatever could have benefited you can no longer benefit you as a people, as a nation, as an individual. What am I talking about today? Um, in our progress as children of God, it's very, very significant that we are able to see, we are able to hear, yeah? We are able to speak out. Why? Because these are the gates that God has given us as, as an individual for your survival. If anything or anybody monitors your gates, that means he's monitoring what you are going to receive. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of lies. We all know that, isn't it? So for your deliverance and for your sustainability as a child of God, you depend with, you de your life depends on the amount of light that comes into your life and illuminates wherever darkness has held you captive. That's why it's called the kingdom of light. Now, the kingdom of darkness, on the contrary, dominates on the basis of how much darkness can he keep you in. As long as there is darkness, there are chains. Wherever there, are, wherever there is darkness, there is going to be bondage. Wherever there is darkness, there is going to be limitation. So when Jesus comes, he comes with a mission to liberate but how does he liberate? He liberates by virtue of illumination. The light of God sets people free. The kingdom of darkness thrives on secrets and darkness. Secrets and darkness. He will try to hide. And my experience, whenever I administer to anybody when it comes to deliverance or freedom, whatever it is, has been the amount of light that comes through the illumination of the mind. When somebody understands something, that is the key to their freedom. When somebody hides a certain area of their life and they want, don't want anybody to, to touch it, anyone to come into it, they will remain in bondage. That's why it is important whenever you're doing ministry, the gift of knowledge the gift of revelation is key to the ministry. 
Why? Because darkness thrives where there are secrets and there is lack of knowledge. There is lack of light. Amen. 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 I don't know where we're going to go with this. Now, I just want us to pray. Um, wherever you are, please just get up. Let's pray for two minutes. I'll just lead you into a prayer. Uh, why? Because it's important for you as a person that the gates that enter and exit your lives may be secured. In other words, wherever there can be darkness in your life, we want to pray for, for, for about three things. The first thing is, God, open up my eyes spiritually that I may see. God, open up my ears that I can hear you. I can hear spiritually. Thirdly, God, open up my mouth so that I can be able to speak. To speak. To speak. Come on, let, let's just pray. Let's just pray around that. Lift up your voice and pray, let's pray, let's pray. Father, we pray for spiritual enlightenment in the mighty name of Jesus. Open up our eyes that we may see of God. Everywhere where there is any kind of blindness, my God, open up our eyes of God. In the name of Jesus, my God, remove darkness of God. Illuminate us. Remove darkness, Jehovah. In the name of Jesus, remove darkness, my God. Remove darkness, of God. Remove darkness, of God. Remove darkness, of God. From our lives. 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 In the name of Jesus, remove darkness, of God. In Jesus' name, let ears be open. Let ears pop out and open up. In the name of Jesus, remove thy God Remove my God's spiritual death in the name of Jesus. Adore me, Dios. Yegedosha, <laughs> My God, blind eyes open. Their ears open. My God, new spiritual body pattern. In the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, I work in the church from slumber. I work in our spirits from slumber. I place the gates over your life. I place them, address them, address them, address them. Say, my God, give me sights. Remove blindness, O God. My God, give me illumination. Let the light of God enter my life and illuminate my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray in this place of God, wherever darkness has dominated, my God, may the illumination of God enter and paralyze darkness of God. In the name of Jesus, we give praise and glory. Sight, 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 sight. Where you will be able to see where you have not seen before. Where you will be able to hear where you have naturally not had things in the name of Jesus, where you will prophetically speak in the situation and declare and unleash some, the power of God in the situation because the Lord loses your time. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Now, just take up your life, the right hand, the right hand. Just lift it up to God. I want you to pray this prayer after me simply, but mean it from your heart. The Heavenly Father, I commit myself before you. In the name of Jesus. As I commit myself before you, God, open up my eyes. May I see. 
Open up my ears. May I hear. Loose my tongue. That I may speak. In the name of Jesus. Awaken my spirit. From a place of slumber. Awaken my spirit. From a place of sleep. In the name of Jesus. Anoint me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may take us. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Now. Go to the book of Acts. I'll quickly just say some things and then we can start praying. Okay? So we'll do some more praying. Is that okay? But who feels uh, free already? Free already? Ah, what were you praying? <laughs> Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Feast of Pentecost, I rather. 
The Feast of Pentecost um, is also called the Feast of Weeks. Um, it's called this Feast of Weeks because you count seven weeks from the previous feast, which will be the Feast of, um, do we know? The feast of the feast of Easter. Do we know it? The feast of Easter. The feast of Passover. And to just check your knowledge, so generally there are three times when Jewish men are supposed to appear before God. So one of them, the feast of feast of uh, Pentecost. The other one was. Weeks is Pentecost. Passover. Sorry? We're going to mention all seven of them, huh? Before you do some research. Yeah. So generally you're supposed to you're supposed to gather three times. What's significant about this particular one is that um, it was a celebratory feast. So Jewish people would gather around this time and bring in the harvest that they had gathered. And this is not the first harvest. This is the second harvest because they had two seasons of harvest. Yeah? So this is the summer harvest and this is the bumper of all harvests. And they are just coming to celebrate and give God the glory for what they have acquired. So it was also called the Feast of Harvest. So coincidentally, it so happens that when Jesus is, is uh, crucified, he's crucified in uh, the Feast of Passover, which we see being symbolized from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, around that, uh, those scriptures. And the next time we see anything major, it is now at the Feast of Pentecost. But Jesus has already told them, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endured with power. So what's happened here is almost like... Uh, on one end, they are running away from the Jews and the, the Romans because they could potentially capture them like they did to Jesus and kill them as well. So when they go to Jerusalem, it is mandatory that they should be in Jerusalem anyway because they are Jewish men and they have to go to Jerusalem to go and worship God during this time. Yeah, so they look for a, an upper room where they can hide and pray. So they are praying and hiding, but they are also seeking God because Jesus said to them, until you are endured with power, don't leave. Tarry in Jerusalem. So power comes to the tarry. Because if they went without the power, they will be as useless as the next person. But they understand that he has said, listen, if you go without you being clothed, you are going just like all these other guys. Remember, they have already experienced the ministry of Jesus. Jesus had a different ministry. Others were preaching and saying, repent, repent, repent. Jesus was preaching and acting. So they had seen a different form of ministry. This guy was doing strange miracles. And he says to them, listen, if you're going to do this and more, wait. So for anyone who understands basic concepts of life, they already understood that, listen, if we go without power, 
We are going empty. We won't change this world. We won't change any generation. We won't do anything out of this world. So they go and they're waiting. They're waiting. If I take you back to the Old Testament again, the feast of Pentecost, the way we know it in the book of Acts, is clearly symbolized in the book of Exodus. If you go to Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 19, and Exodus chapter 20. Because of time, I won't go into that. I'll just give you the story. Is that okay? So, Exodus chapter 19 and Exodus chapter 20. It is telling us about how Moses had an encounter with God. The encounter that he had was, he, they get to a place where there was a mountain, and this particular mountain was called Mount Sinai, within the wilderness, after their deliverance, three months after the, their deliverance from, uh, from Egypt. So they get to the mountain, and God says to them, listen, I want to meet with you. Moses goes up the mountain to go and meet with God. Long story short, um, Exodus chapter 32. You find Moses has been up in the mountain for so long. 40 days and 40 nights. Because Moses is giving the law. God is giving the law to Moses. But it's not an ordinary experience. Because we are told that at this time, there was lightning, there was thunder, there was earthquakes that were happening as Moses is having an encounter with God. And the Jewish, Jewish people actually believe that the law was given to Moses during the Feast of Pentecost. So, there, there is a... There are two parallel lines. Pentecost has always been to do with the giving of the law and divine encounters. Because at this particular time, if you look nicely, you find that God was doing extraordinary stuff, speaking to Moses. So you find, this is Exodus chapter 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, until 30 something, he is just giving him revelations of what he should do. How they should build the tabernacle. This shall be the law pertaining to this. All this is happening in the 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah? So it was a season of power. Are we together? Are we following? What I want to zero in on is not the technicalities of the feast. Because we already know it was a feast where they were celebrating. They would bring their harvest. They would slaughter and eat. So it was a season of celebration. But it was also a season of power. What I want to pull out of that is the similarity. Let's go back to Acts. Yeah. The Acts. Acts chapter 2. Where we were. This time, let's read from verse 5. Now, they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, at this sound, the multitude came, came together and they were bewildered. From the reading of that, that, that portion of scripture, it's easy to understand that when 
The 120 people were gathered in an upper room. Having an encounter with God, there were other people that were gathered elsewhere and having a normal religious activity. Do you see that? When the 120 were praying and fasting, there were others that carried their harvest, their fruits, they were celebrating, they were having a party out there when the real party was in the upper room. When God starts to speak to Moses, he speaks to Moses, there is lightning, there is thunder. At the bottom of the mountain, the Mount Sinai, there were others that were gathering and they were saying to Aaron, this guy has been gone so long, make us other gods. Do you get what I'm saying? When things were happening in the upper room, there were others that were having a petty party at the bottom of, remember Jerusalem is built on a hill. So the top of the mountain. So there are similarities, pictures and shadows. While Moses is living in the glory, the rest of Israel were living in the shadow of the glory. It's easy to call ourselves Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever we call ourselves. But are we living in the power and the experience of what we speak? That's it. Do we see that? It's easy to be in the feast, which is a shadow of the real feast. What I'm talking about today is a challenge. You can either be content being a child of God and a Christian, be happy with that, or you can be so hungry you want more of what you already know. You can be so hungry. You want to see more of this thing called kingdom. What is it that is there? Remember, Jesus has already said to us, these things you shall do, even more than these things shall you do. Now, to what degree he will show us these things is dependent on our level of hunger to see. If you're going to be happy playing music, singing to music, Doing little bits here and there, and 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 vamos, that's fine. But God is looking for a generation that won't be content with the little they know, that won't be content with the little experience that they have. And people that are saying, God, we want more of this. We want more of you. We, we, I, I know we have experienced you, but we know there is more of you, and we want that more in our lives. More. We've got to be hungry. We've got to be greedy to want more. <coughs> to hell with a church that is not hungry. And people that are content with the little that they experience. Things that they know that are just ritualistic. Because that's what it was. The feast of Pentecost, the feast of power, had just become a ritual that they were living in. God is looking for people that want more. God is looking for a people that desire more. People that will show him that they want more. Hello? Alright. Fin I'm finishing now. I hope this has helped somebody. I'm just trying to push you off the edge. Yeah? Don't get satisfied. First Corinthians chapter 14.
Hello. Hi. From verse 1, it says, Pursue love. Pursue love. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Pursue love. If you're pursuing something, you're chasing after it. Desire earnestly, sincerely, spiritual gifts. Let me say something strange. He says, especially that you may prophesy. Why do you need to pursue love? Because this is chapter 14 of Corinthians. Chapter 13 is talking about love. So he is concluding on what, is, what he deems to be the ultimate. says, as you pursue love, because he starts to define what love, what love is in relation to the spiritual gifts. Then he says, Pursue love. In other words, I don't want you to neglect love because you are pursuing gifts. Because gifts without love are nothing. They've got to be driven by love. So he says, I want you to have an earnest desire that God may impart spiritual gifts for you. Especially he picks out of the many gifts. He picks one. He says, especially that you may prophesy. God wants a prophetic church. The end time church is a prophetic church. Desire it. Desire it. Desire it. Desire it. That you may prophesy. That you may prophesy. That you may prophesy. That you may be a people that have an ability. Amen. The things we spoke about earlier on as prayer points. They are related to functioning as a prophetic people. Amen. Because if you can't hear and you can't see and you can't speak, you cannot be released in the prophetic. Do we get that? We can function in this. And it's easy to function in this. It's to consciously live in the season of God. Not living in and going out. Living in and going out. This is constantly remaining in God. Maybe you might be saying, maybe I'm not called to be a prophet. I am not called to be a prophet. But no one says you are. Because what he's talking about there when he says, I want you to desire that you may prophesy. He's not saying, I want you all to be a fivefold ministry prophet. I want you to be a people that are current with God in the season of God. That you may prophesy. Nothing will attack church without you picking it up. Nothing will be happening spiritually without you hearing it. Nothing will just happen and it takes you by surprise. Why? Because you are current. You know the seasons of God. You are able to discern the seasons and the times. You are able to discern where you are at in the spirit. When there is an invasion of, 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 of a kingdom of darkness against church, you are able to pick it up and pick a fight and contend in the spirit. Why? Because nothing has caught you unaware. Amen. Amen. Say, I am a prophetic person. Say, I am a prophetic person. I am a prophetic person. I am a prophetic person. 
I see in the spirit. I hear in the spirit. I speak prophetic things. I declare with my tongue what I hear. I see visions of the night. I see visions of the day. I discern spirits. I operate and function in the in the gift of faith. I am alive in the spirit. I am a prophetic somebody. Raise up. I'm done. Raise up. Let's pray. Raise up. We pray. Raise up. We pray. Raise up. We pray. Now, this has to start with you. Just pray. Declare this word over your life. Claim it as yours. Then we'll see what God will do in the midst of that. Do we see what I'm saying? Amen. So I want us to just engage in prayer. Engage in prayer. Engage in prayer. Jesus. intercession and people that are able to give birth 
give birth, give birth. People that won't tire in groaning and, 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 and crying before God until they see things being birthed in the environment that they are in. Father, I just pray for a release right now. I pray for a release, Jehovah God. I pray for a release, Jehovah God. I pray for a release, my Father. I pray for a release, of God. My God had given birth of divine things. Divine things. Divine things. Prophetically, my God, giving birth to things. Singing, my God, and, and, and praying through until you see results. I pray for that release right now. People that stand as though they are midwives to generations of God. People that give birth, help in the giving birth, my God, of vision. Release it. Release it, O God. You release it, Father. You release it, O God. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give praise. People with an ability to contend. This is not just contending with words. This is contending spiritually, prophetically, O oh God. People that have been anointed with prophetic intercession. People that have been anointed with, 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 with an ability to break chains. As they sing, as they declare, as, as, as they combine the arts and the prophetic. Oh, Shambrogodohan de Begidaha. Dancing warriors, dancing warriors, people with an ability to dance until chains just break all over around them. People with an ability to see things in the spirit and meditate until they see those things come to pass. Oh, warring. Warring prophets. People with an ability to war in the spirit and to see the kingdom of darkness backing off as they contend in the spirit. The Apostle Paul speaks of groaning as until I see Christ being blessed in you. These these are people that are midwives in the kingdom of God. People that pray and pray and pray and pray because they have seen it and they see Christ being formed in people. And people are transformed. People are changed. People's lives are transformed. And they become more and more like Jesus. Why? Because they see it and they speak it and they prophesy it until they see it happening. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Shabori Bahanda Gidosha. Words of knowledge. Words of wisdom, prophetic gifts, discernment of spirits. We speak a release in this place. My God, we pray, may the cap be removed. If you have prophesied before, may the, may, may the cap be removed. If you have seen before, if you dream dreams, let the cup be removed. If you have spoken words of God before and something has been holding you back, 
Let the cup be removed. Enter into a prophetic season. Enter into a prophetic realm. Enter into a prophetic time. Oh, shaman, oh, shaman. In the name of Jesus. Speaking in tongues, diverse forms of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Lord, O Shamamahanda, Rodopo Mahande Vianda, Shemragadia Tadabagadosa, Etasia Badoa, Shemagadosa Tukurabahanda, Shemamaholos. Some of you, you've been battling things. Things that have been trying to discourage you, to detour you. Some of you, it's decisions you've made in the past. And, 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 and whatever has been happening in your life has been sent with a mission to just take you from your prophetic destination. The destiny that God has put upon your life. And these things have been coming as though they are detours and distractions. Things that are taking you away from the path so that you don't reach that place. Wow, Kandosia. But we declare and we decree that there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that will stop you because you enter in into the Oh, Basi Breda Handa. We thank you, Father. We bless you, Jehovah God. We honor you, God. Oh, Shaba Bosakata. Rege do Shaba Gadoshi Bekidihan. Yadoshika. This is a prophetic house. This is a prophetic house. The temperature in this place is prophetic. This is a prophetic place. I'm not talking seasons here. I am saying the prophetic habitates in this place. And you better start acting as one. As people that are living within that season. In that arena. That God has ordained over this place. This is a prophetic house. You live in a prophetic house. This is a prophetic house. Lord Oshiamanga Dohanda. Yeba Oshambrega Dihandeha. Oh my God. Thank you, Father. 